0: The Washington Mystics picked in the lottery. So why are we talking about them as a title contender? The great Jen Hatfield is here to tell us. You are locked on women's basketball.
1: You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: Well, hi there and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. It is Tuesday, April 19th. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, founder and editor at The Next. Make sure you're following all the work we do at thenexthoops.com. And thank you for making Locked On Women's Basketball your first listen of the day. We are here every weekday now talking about the game that we all love. So make sure you are subscribing, rate, and review. You can find us here on YouTube. You can find us over at Megaphone or anywhere you get your podcasts. And somebody else who is everywhere, it seems, is Jen Hatfield, Managing Editor over at The Next, and Beat Reporter as well for The Washington Mystics. And, oh, and we didn't even talk about this pre-show, Ivy League. There is a really, really important read you got to take some time for that Jen put together. It's so good, Jen. It's so good. The Kathy Delaney-Smith piece. Jen, how are you?
1: I am good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be on.
0: I know we're, we're not supposed to ask, how are you? But I think it's important that we ask that when you've been doing so much on the mystic speed. And that Kathy Delaney-Smith piece, I, I, I know it's off topic. I know it wasn't what we were just talking about. But just that was months in the making. And you went, went to Boston and you followed her and you talked to so many people that she impacted over 40 years. So please go to thenextoups.com and read that. But I want to get to the Washington Mystics And before we do, we got to talk about a new sponsor. And the new sponsor is Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. So give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. So that seems pretty reliable. The question is, how reliable is it that Mike Tebow is going to shock people on draft night? And so take me through, Jen, you were at a draft party with Mike, with Christy Winter Scott, what was the reaction when with the third overall pick, the Washington Mystics took Shakira Austin out of Ole Miss?
1: You know, Here, it was funny. In,
0: oh, excuse me. Our style guy, Mississippi.
1: It, you know, it was funny. I, you know, I'd heard all the projections of Shakira Austin going number three. And so I disbelieved them Precisely because Mike Thiebaud always has a surprise up his sleeve, but most of the fans that I talked to at the draft party were expecting Shakira Austin, and they got Shakira Austin, and they were extremely excited about it. Uh, jumping up and down, yelling, screaming, there were TVs all over the place, so in any direction, you could look at a TV and see Shakira Austin get taken, and in any direction, you could look at a TV and see people watching it and very excited about their, their newest edition.
0: You know, it's not standard procedure to have these draft parties, especially on the WNBA side of things. What do you think of it overall? Do you think it was the type of experience that was a positive for teams? Do you think it would have been that way if, say, the Mystics were picking in their more traditional late first round as befits a team that's frequently deep into the playoffs? You know, what were your overall impressions of it?
1: Yeah, I think it was a good environment. Talking to season ticket holders, it's not the first time that the Mystics have done it, but it's certainly the first time in a couple of years because of the pandemic and people were positively itching to get out of the house and kind of watch sports communally again. Um, And it was the perfect environment for that. Like I said, there were a bunch of TVs, there was food, so much food that you could order. It was basically your perfect sports bar setup to watch the draft um, if I was watching as a fan and not as a reporter. I think I would have really enjoyed that whole experience as a place to watch the draft. It so
0: awesome.
1: I think it was really exciting. And then Mike Tebow actually came in after he made his picks and said hello to the fans. I don't know exactly what he said. Um, I wasn't in the room for that, but he did make an appearance and and talk to them a little bit about the picks before he came and talked to us.
0: I It feels like, and just in conversations with him as well, Mike is – trying to savor this as much as possible we know that while he's not retiring and hasn't announced anything like that this is almost certainly his final dig uh ahead of retirement and so i i like seeing that mike is enjoying the fruits of what is essentially half a lifetime of working in the wnba and and growing this game so i'm really gratified to hear it i i want to talk about that pick he made because Shakira Austin is a really interesting choice specifically for this Mystics team. You know, she is a traditional five in a lot of ways. She's capable of stretching. Um, she, her defense is ahead of her offense. What do you see initially, just in terms of the way in which she fits with this overall Mr roster?
1: Yeah, I think she's a phenomenal fit. Uh, Coach T was asked on draft night whether he picked her for, you know, her defense or her rebounding or all these things. And he said, I feel like this is a test. Can I pick all of the above? Um, He's just so excited about her, especially on the defensive end. Um, And he's bullish that she can expand her range uh, beyond the three-point line. He noted that they work on that with all their bigs. So um, he's confident that she can add that to her game and really be – you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on her, but she likes to make the comp herself to to like an Elena Deladon light. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of the mold I think that she could eventually grow into down the line.
0: She feels a little more like a Stephanie Dolson if we're going to use a combination uh, player. Uh, with Washington and, and Dolson came to the mystics with a solid mid range. Uh, It was something that I remember Mike specifically sending both Steph and Emma Mieseman overseas to work on, to learn how to shoot the three. And that became a critical part of Steph's game. Somebody whose defense was a little ahead of her offense. It's something that they have a lot of practice in working on. Of course, it's not Marianne Stanley who was doing that work, with the bids anymore, the way it was uh, back when Dolson and Meeseman were uh, on the team. But it does seem like also a system that is built for her in that way. And so when you think about what she is on this roster, it strikes me as she's in a lot of ways, a bit of a change of pace while providing the same defense for Elizabeth Williams, who I thought was a critical uh, choice this offseason. Does it seem that way to you?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think a lot's going to depend whether and how much Elena can play and how they use her. They haven't committed to playing her exclusively at the five. She she could see minutes at both the four and the five. So, I mean, maybe there could be a ultra shot blockers lineup with Williams and Austin playing together. Um, And, you know, Coach T has never been afraid of going to a big lineup. So we could even get really, really big. Um, Mm -hmm. probably still with Austin at the four or the five. But I think there's a lot of, you know, yesterday on media day, Coach T was talking about um, how how deep his front court is and how Mm -hmm. he can kind of rearrange them to suit whatever needs he has. Whereas last year it was pretty much Tina Charles, Tina Charles, Tina Charles, which was great, but very one note. And, And now they can do basically whatever the heck they want on the inside.
0: Makes it harder to game plan against yes. the Mystics because they have a lot of different things they can throw at you. And you know who else has a lot of different things they can throw at you? And that is Built Bar. Bilt Bar has these unbelievable things called marshmallow puffs. They're fluffy. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. None of that fake chocolate. Real chocolate. And yet, they're somehow 130 calories, 4 grams net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. But in much the same way, the Mystics have so many different options up front. You can go to builtbar, built.com, that is, and see mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. So many different options, positionless bars, you might say. All of them low in sugar, tons of protein in them. So go over to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code L O C K E D15 for 15% off at built.com. And Jen, as always, tell them Grandma Myrna sent you. So as we move beyond Shakira Austin, Bill Barr, Grandma Myrna, we're into the second pick. And that was taken a little bit differently, as I understand it, live in person. That was the selection at 14 of Kristen Williams. And just to briefly give a sense, why are they picking at 3 and 14? Uh, There was a deal made with Atlanta uh mystics had one overall they traded one to atlanta for three 14 and the right to swap picks with atlanta's acquisition of the sparks pick which is essentially like mike tebow subtweeting everything that Derek fisher did this offseason but be that as it may they then had the 14 pick one with kristen williams what was the reaction like in that uh, draft party
1: yeah, so it was funny because so I I was able to gauge that people were expecting Shakira Austin at the third pick, right? Mm-hmm. But when it came to the fourteenth pick, people basically shrugged and said, "Mike Tebow's going to Mike Tebow." There was no real expectation for who would be picked there, which is fair because who knows what was going to happen in the rest of the first round, right? It's mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to prognosticate for us, let alone for the casual fan, um, yeah. but. The fans were surprised to see Kristen Williams taken, and they were not particularly effusive about it. There was some applause. Um, Mostly there was kind of a stunned silence. Uh, I I got the sense that folks thought that she was more of a late second-round pick and not Mm -hmm. an early second-round pick, and they were um, a little bit perplexed as to why TiVo was doing what he was doing. Um, but, you know, they also told me leading up to the draft how much they trusted Coach T, he knew what he was doing with the trade. No one was particularly upset that they traded away the number one pick because they trusted him. So I think there was some surprise, but also being willing to give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: So I covered the Final Four out in Minneapolis. I've covered Kristen Williams since she was a freshman at UConn. There is always a level of. Where is the rest with her game? I, I, you'd always hear that from Gino every year. You would hear it from her. She talked about the need to be more aggressive, the need to be more consistent shooting the three. She was a top overall recruit coming to Yukon. And so I get there's a certain disappointment. I, I guess I wonder for those people who were at this draft party, how much you think you played a part that she went one for seven in what was the final game of her career in that national championship game?
1: Probably a lot. They seem to be pretty informed. I would be surprised if they hadn't watched the game. So, But, I mean, Mike Tebow did not sound uh, concerned at all. He was super pleased to get Kristen Williams listed off a whole list of things that he likes about her game. Mm -hmm. Said they were really happy to still see her on the board. And, of course, Natasha Cloud endorsed the picks, too. Uh, Yesterday, she said that Shakira and Kristen were, quote, the steals of the draft. And Mm -hmm. she's very excited in, you know. Typical Natasha Cloud fashion.
0: I am going to say, it's good to see Tosh finally with some enthusiasm. About She's <laughs> right. you know, such a largely indifferent uh, human being on so much. But, <laughs> I, you know, Tosh aside, there were a lot of teams who were interested in her late first, early second round. I, I am very hesitant to put too much stock into a single game. But it was striking that in what was the final game of her career, at a time where Az Fudd was under the weather, Paige was battling, and UConn was playing for a national championship. It didn't feel like she took control of the game in the way you might have expected a senior to do it. Um, I do also know, and and you pointed this out in your story from draft night, that Mike talked about he's going to essentially yell for her to shoot more. Gino Ariemma and Chris Daly did that for four years. You know, and these are coaches with. You know, more than a little bit of a track record uh, behind them and, uh, you know, Gino and CD. So what do you think she can do or will do over this couple of weeks in order to earn regular playing time in a rotation uh, that is is heavy and obviously is very win now when you've got Elena Deladon at the center of what you're doing?
1: yeah I think you know Coach T said said on draft night that Shakira and Kristen are going to have to learn to clap really well for their teammates probably at the beginning of the season because the mystics are so loaded that it's going to be hard for them both to carve out playing time because they are going to have to displace vets for minutes just if you do the math. you know, he can't play 11, 12 players. So um, it may be kind of a slow build and and I honestly wonder if that's that's probably the best thing for Kristen. Um, she won't have to take over on a national stage in the national championship game as a senior, she'll be able to be that role player who can come along slowly without the pressure cooker. That is Yukon. You know, Yukon and the mystics are very different environments. They both won championships, but the mystics don't have, you know they were they were terrible for a good stretch of their existence. Uh, we can say that. Right. So whereas UConn has this pedigree that we have to win every game or else it's a it's a crisis. So it's it's a different environment for her, and I wonder if the the lack of pressure will help her ease into it and really just she's talked about wanting to soak up everything she can from the vets. And Coach mm-hmm. T wants her to really, in particular, I think, learn defensively from players like Ariel Atkins and Natasha Cloud. So if she can just focus on you know, one thing at a time and, and ease into it slowly. I think she could, she could be an impactful role player off the bench, kind of like Shatori Walker Kimro.
0: That's a really good comp. And, and really what they, you know, Max need her to be, I, it comes down to, and, and again, I'm somebody with a, a lot of time having covered her at UConn. She's real smart. She understands what she needs her game to be. Part of why I am skeptical about her at the pro level is in part that this is not somebody where you're waiting for the light to go on. This is not somebody who didn't understand the challenges ahead. And she was incredibly well coached in a Gino and CD system. And so if, if, if there's that, the comp I always make in baseball is Ron Darlin went to Yale and understood that if he could throw a change up, he could have become a number one, number two starter. And ultimately he just couldn't do it. It's not just about knowing what you have to do. It's a very hard thing to do to play at this level, to play this well. And so it remains to be seen, but I, I, she's, she's a, a sweet person and I, I I wish the best for her. Um, another person who obviously we're wishing the best for is somebody we both had a chance to chat with on zoom at media day yesterday. And that's Elena Deladon who was back smiling and seemingly very optimistic about uh, her ability to impact this team in 2022. Can you talk to me a little bit about your initial impressions from Elena with the caveat you haven't seen her in person yet. And I know that's something uh, you plan to do and yes, we'll have you back to talk about it.
1: Sounds great. Yeah, she was, I would say she was glowing yesterday. She was obviously happy that training camp was in session and that she was feeling good. She joked about not having to stand up in the middle of her media day session because she was so uncomfortable sitting in a chair, which has been a big thing for her with her back injuries. Just sitting down is like the worst thing for her. So it was good to see her so happy and, and say that she is healthy. Um, but we've also seen this a couple times from her, including parts of last season. So I do want to see her play live before we really, you know, go all in on the Elena Deladon is back and, uh, you know, amazing. But she she sounded good. Coach T, again, optimistic as he has been throughout this process. Um, they will probably ease her in slowly. Coach T, you, at this point, you could basically play a tape recorder of Coach T being like, we don't need to win every game at the beginning of the season. It's about being our best and peaking at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. He said that so many times. So she's probably not going to play in their first scrimmage. She probably won't play in their second scrimmage. They'll probably rest her at times this season as the travel or, um, you know, games in close succession show up on the calendar. So she's not going to be an, an everyday player, um, mm-hmm. but she could play in a lot of games.
0: It's so interesting to me because it's a Mystics team that is built differently and essentially has to be built differently. When they won in 2019, Elena Deladon took 427 shots from the field. Nobody else took 300. It was a team built around offense and Elena at the center of things in order to dominate. And now you're talking about a team that is going to, you talked about, her in, but there's also absolutely, and Elena spoke about this, it's got to be a day-to-day thing. It's got to be watching and dealing with what is a chronic condition? What is a condition that will not go away? It's not something you can fix with surgery when you're talking about stenosis of the spine. And so they're going to have to find different ways to win. They're going to have to maximize their playoff position in a different way. Uh, they have Alicia Clark, which, you know, is a big deal that they didn't have in 2019. But AC as well is coming back from a significant injury. And so when you think about what the Mystics can and should be, yeah, they want to peak at the right time. They also need to make the playoffs. They also, as much as possible, especially when you're talking about Elena, you need to avoid things like, one and dones followed in rapid succession by playing a couple of days later where you might need Elena to go 35 minutes and 35 minutes again. Right. So it's, it's a balance. It can't just be as simple as, well, let's get in as the eight seed and then hope that Elena can carry us. Right.
1: Absolutely. And I think there's definitely a sense of urgency, at least among the players, Ariel Atkins in particular, yesterday kept saying we didn't make the playoffs and that was not acceptable. So I think they're they're really focused on that, and it's going to start with defense. You mentioned that they're going to look different than 2019, and I understand why people want to make that comp, but I do think they are going to look significantly different from 2019. And it starts on the defensive end, where they're all, um, you know, probably half that roster is like an all defensive player at this point. Uh, it's it's incredible, and so they're going to start there from by all accounts and. Shakira Austin even started there uh, in a pickup game the other day. She blocked a shot on the first possession and the team was like, okay, welcome to the Mystics. Uh, so that's, that's where they're going to start. And I think they will be, um, you know, have that sense of urgency to not drop games early that they could win simply because Elena isn't quite ready to carry them or Alicia Clark needs to sit out a game or even, you know, you want to keep an eye on Maisha Heinz Allen's knee from last year. Um she says she feels good, but she also says she's not young anymore. So she's 25, but
0: sure. Oh, over the hill, yes, for sure. <laughs> the the rim protecting for the fives out of Austin, out of Elizabeth Williams, so interesting to me because last year you go by block percentage, nobody had a block percentage higher than uh Teresa Plaisons at 3.2. Uh TP obviously has moved on. And even still, that's pretty low. Uh, Shakira Austin was north of six all four years of her uh, collegiate career. Elizabeth Williams is frequently among the leaders in block shots. So rim protection is going to make a significant difference for this team alone. But I, I, what you said is right on the money. They are a different team. And it doesn't mean a lesser team, although that was – one of the great teams I would argue in WNBA history. So it'd be interesting to see if you had to pick one other thing you're looking for over the la the next couple of weeks as we have this sprint to the opener uh, in the first week of May, what would you say it would be?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that I want to see probably in the scrimmages or where, whenever we get an Elena Deladon sighting, I'm really curious to see how she and Myesha Heinz Allen fit together I put this on Twitter a few days ago, but Myesha and Elena have been teammates since Myesha was drafted in 2018. Obviously, Elena sat out one of those seasons, was hurt most of last year, but they've, they have been Mystics since 2018, mm-hmm. and they have played a grand total of 93 minutes together on the court. So the question is, do they know each other's games really well from being teammates for four seasons Mm -hmm. or do they really not know each other's games at all because they've played less than 25 minutes per year together. And most of those minutes came in 2018 and 2019 when Maisha was, you know, an, an end of the bench player only because there was so much depth in front of her and the minutes were probably different than what they will look like now.
0: It's going to be fascinating. I saw that tweet. I was, Blown away by it. And make sure, by the way, you can get all of Jen's tweets over at Jen Hatfield One. Make sure you're following all of her incredible work at The Next. She writes at five thirty-eight. She is a talent beyond compare. So I'm always happy to work with you every day, and uh, it's such a pleasure to get to chat with you. Uh, we'll have you back soon for sure. Uh, before before we go, just a reminder: uh, I have been informed that uh, men play basketball as well. And so make sure you check out Locked On NBA, uh, where men have a lead of their own from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the NBA playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. So, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's new, but it's growing apparently. So check it out, Locked On NBA. Uh, until next time, I am Howard Megdahl, editor-founder at The Next, thenextoops.com. Make sure you go and subscribe to our work there. And please sign up for every one of our daily podcasts, Locked On Women's Basketball, as well. You have yourself a wonderful Tuesday.
1: You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
0: every day.